Hello and welcome to Cup of Tea, a friendly, patient and gentle space for honest discussion and debate. My name's Harry and I'm a gay trans man. And my name's Oliver and I'm a gay cis man. Together as husbands, we are sharing our experiences and trying to build bridges to give a space for people to ask questions and learn. Welcome to today's episode of A Cup of Tea. Today we're going to be discussing allies. Why is an ally important? What are they? And how can you be a better ally? And we'll be reviewing a first in our podcast series, a homemade type of tea. So it's been a really hot week, hasn't it? In it terms has. of constant uh, sun heat highs of 30 degrees yeah so i felt a little bit like a southern belle Mm -hmm. and that probably explains why i've just spent ages in the kitchen making some iced tea yes now i've messed it up a little bit because apparently you're meant to leave it for four hours ah okay and i didn't do that so we may have to come back to it another point but um, I am going to try it. Yes. Now, for listeners, Harry is a little bit of a fraud today because mm. he's already halfway through it. I'm sorry, it's just so good. Well, you're not meant to give it away yet. We haven't. Well, technically, you have tried it, but I haven't. So, should mm. I do the initial? Yes. Okay, so this is my first attempt of this tea. It's quite nice, actually. Mm, what a surprise. I have not tried this tea before at all. Its taste is so surprising to me. <laughs> anyway, it's really nice. It's so really good. What I did was uh, brewed some tea, um, added lots of sugar to it um, in a pan. I added some lemon juice and some lime. Sprinkled a bit of ginger in as well, Ooh, just because I like yes. a bit of ginger. Uh, and then we put it in the fridge for about an hour so it's actually still quite lukewarm but that weirdly is quite nice um, put an absolute metric something ton of sugar mm-hmm. into it yeah and it's really quite nice yeah and for listeners um, it's presented very very beautifully in a glass with some mint leaves that we grew in the garden so yeah it's um very nice and as a another first um Cyril the cat has come to join in the podcast. He's going to sit on my knee. Um, we'll post some pictures of him later on our um, Twitter and Instagram pages. But for listeners who don't know him, he's a big ginger cat who we've had as a rescue uh, for about four years. Um, and he's purring away at the moment. So settle down with your own cups of tea and let's talk allies. Okay, so we're doing things in a slightly different order this week and we've put our shout outs at the start. So I would like to say a big thank you to my colleagues from the LGBT network in my work and in particular Brit, Chris, Joel and Marie. These four amazing people are just some of the best allies really. Um, So I wasn't actually out in work until... I'd say about a year ago, just over a year ago, um, when I I came out to Joel to start with uh, after a drunken night out, and he was very lovely about it. Um, 
I then later on came out to uh, Brit and as the chair of the network, she started a really amazing initiative where at the start of every meeting, we introduce ourselves with as much information as we want about how we identify and our name and pronouns, just to kind of really normalize that kind of action so that as a trans person, I don't necessarily stand out when I'm saying to people to call me he or him. Um, so that was amazing allyship. And then the other thing that they've all done really was um, supported me to attend Pride. Um, we all marched as a network together last year um, in London. And it was just amazing. It was the first Pride, first of all, that Ol and I had been to together, um, I think for about 10 years. Um, and it was also the first Pride that I'd been out like as an openly trans colleague. Um, and it was just amazing being able to wave my trans flag. Um, Rick brought a lot of um, different LGBT flags along and gave us to them all to wave. And yeah, it was just, I just felt really celebrated and really loved for, for who I am. Um, and yeah, it's just been great that I've got such good allies in the workplace who've made such a difference. So thank you. Some weeks are more difficult than others to be a trans person in the UK. And for me, this was one of those weeks. Whether it's continuing anti-trans discourse online or not being able to march a pride in that lovely, welcoming, safe space surrounded by other LGBT people, um, it just all hit me very hard this week, I think, and I ended up feeling very overwhelmed towards the end of the week. Um, yeah, so I put out a tweet asking for just for support, really, and for allies to stand up and to to make their voices heard and be vocal in their support for trans people. And I received a really positive response, which was really lovely, actually, from other LGBT people, from straight people, uh, people from all different ages and backgrounds. And that was really lovely, felt really positive. But I think it made me reflect that it's hard to be the one who is always taking a stand. Um, and it's also sometimes really hard to ask for help, particularly at the moment because we know that a lot of people are struggling in lockdown, everyone's got their own problems, and yeah, it can sometimes feel quite difficult to sort of reach out. And yeah, so based on all of that, that's why we decided to make being an ally the topic of the podcast this week. I'm really glad we did as well, actually, because I think obviously you felt really overwhelmed this week, and it's it's always really hard to see, I think, um, as someone obviously who cares about you deeply, I think seeing the ability that people that we've never met and have no contact with really mm -hmm. other than seeing things online or, or knowing about them happening across the UK, I, I, I think it's really hard to see the power that they have over individuals. Yeah. Um, and it's quite lonely I think obviously for you as a, as a trans man uh, also sometimes for me as someone who loves you dearly mm. because yeah you do have to speak out as people who 
are affected by it but sometimes just sometimes you think I don't want to face it today I, yeah. I just want to get up and be a straight man and, yeah and not have to worry yeah and just walk through the streets and you know and it, it doesn't last that long those kind of moments of defeatism uh, largely because I think we're both really stubborn <laughs> um, but yeah it was really hard to see and, and so I'm really glad we're talking about being ally today and, and I hope when people are listening to the podcast um, you know there's no judgment here about people who need to prioritize themselves or or kind of think differently or, or maybe they just don't have the time because everyone's busy and, and that's yeah. okay so this isn't a judgmental challenge to people this is more by kind of us saying that actually there will be trans people who are really struggling yeah and if you can if you've got the energy or the time please speak out for us definitely We're going to discuss what an ally is now, and if there's one thing that all likes, it's books. So typically, he looks up the definition of what an ally is in a dictionary. So over to you and your books, all. Yeah, so I was just quite intrigued, really. Um, I feel a bit of a fraud. It wasn't actually a book. It was, um, I think it was the Merriam-Webster Online Dictionary. Um, and being an ally essentially can be defined as a state formally cooperating, a person or organisation that cooperates with another. It can be the act of combining or uniting a resource or commodity with another for a mutual benefit, or simply side with or support. Now, it's really interesting to me that what those definitions don't describe is a merging of identities or interests into one amorphous blob of stuff um, there's nothing in there that says two countries or two interests become one mm -hmm. and I think that really struck me because I think that's what linking back to last week's podcast in terms of uh, divide and conquer yes when you're setting people against each other when when people in power kind of convince you that your interests are damaged by promoting the interests of someone else mm. then they can win yes but actually looking at this idea and, and thinking more widely obviously than just a dictionary definition i think it is entirely the case that if you're a trans person you can be an ally for women for people of color for disabled people uh, for anyone who's neurodiverse and exactly the same for all of those other groups. And I think what makes people in power, you know, the, those kind of people who want to set us against each other, really scared, uh, is the idea of us all coming together. And I think that's a lot of the stuff at the moment is about people talking about how identity is dividing politics mm. and how we need to stop playing identity politics. And people don't want to know about identities, they just want to know about communities. and. You know, that is fair to an extent, but actually for me, looking at an allyship model, a cooperative model between all of these different identities, um, it's actually about coming together as individual and distinct identities. And what's really exciting about that for me is it means that we create a sort of patchwork quilt of a society where, you know, it doesn't have to be one big boring colour and nobody's telling you what patches to put on your quilt 
we're all saying, do you know what, let's just make a quilt together. Yeah. Keep people warm, keep people comfy and actually come together. And I think, you know, apart from that awful uh, quilt metaphor that I've just come up with. I really like it. You know, I think that is what could be really powerful about being an ally. So, you know, if you're listening to this, yes, we need you to be an ally, but we'll also be your ally. Absolutely. And I think that's what's really powerful, is if you're a person of colour listening to this, we are there for you, and we hope you can be there for us when you can. Yeah, definitely. They're not mutually exclusive. And like you said, working together can hopefully improve everybody's comfort and advance all of our different aims. A lot of people end up wondering how they can be better allies. And I think one of the ideas I wanted to introduce to this podcast, and probably one that we'll refer to going forward, is this idea of spoons. Now, this is a really interesting area for discussion because some people, when I say that word, will know exactly what I mean, and others will be thinking, have we moved on to cutlery? <laughs> um, now, this concept was invented uh, by Christine Miserandino, and I'm not sure if I've pronounced that right, uh, but she came up with the spoon theory. I would absolutely recommend that any of our listeners uh, Google that. It's a fascinating and really useful way of understanding what it's like to live with an invisible disability. Essentially, uh, Christine's uh, theory is that everyone has a spoon drawer. But each thing you do costs a spoon or a number of spoons. So if you're someone who has uh, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, you know, any of those invisible uh, in, uh, disabilities, it might cost you three spoons to go to the shop. It might cost you two to get out of bed. And if you've only got 10 spoons in your drawer to last you all day, it really demonstrates how you have to have a kind of self-limiting approach to your day, just out of sheer protection. And this has always resonated with me because uh, I am someone uh, with a mobility uh, difficulty, a disability, and some days it's really okay, other days it's not, and it ends up being, yeah, an invisible disability. I sometimes need to use a lot more spoons uh, than other days. You know, the really good example I was thinking is when, you know, we went to Pride and it was an amazing experience for us both to be there. Um, but I was actually borrowing spoons from tomorrow <laughs> to pay for today. Yeah. Um, and as a result, I couldn't walk properly for four days after mm. Pride. Uh, and that's because I really wanted to be there and it was a conscious choice and I knew I would struggle if I went, but I had to do it. And I suppose just to further finish that analogy before we move on is some people can't borrow from tomorrow mm. because they will never have a guarantee that they'll be able to replenish. So it's all right for me because I have an instant understanding employer, uh, I have a house and I have an income so that I can borrow from tomorrow's spoons knowing that I'm gonna have three or four days that I can recover. Yeah. If you've got mental health problems, if you're living in poverty, if you're living in an unsafe environment, if you're homeless, you can't replenish those spoons. 
No. Which means you're constantly shut out of everyday life. Yeah. And so from that really is a demonstration of why we need allies. Because sometimes if you're trying to cope with all of that, you need an ally to come in and maybe give you some of their spoons. Yeah. Because if you're living day to day to use your spoons to get out of bed and just get on with life, maybe you need an ally to say, don't worry about fighting this today. We're going to fight it for you with some of our spoons. Yeah. So our first thing really is, as allies, if you're listening, is use your spoons that you've got to help us out. And then I know Harry's going to go through six kind of ideas that we've had about how you can all be better allies. So our six principles of being an ally, being active and proactive, being practical, being humble, being prepared to do the work, being patient and being intersectional. So our first one then, being active and proactive. This goes back to the spoons theory of giving your spoons to trans people, obviously doing it when you are asked to, but sometimes doing it when you're not asked to, uh, so that we know that there's people that we can rely on. This could be things like calling out transphobia if you hear somebody make a transphobic comment, um, lobbying your workplace to have a trans policy, um, putting pronouns into your bio on Twitter. Um, those kind of practical everyday things which show trans people that you can that they can trust you um, and that you're prepared to step it up practically to support trans people. Obviously, then that leads on to our next point of being practical. So this is about what physical things can you do um, to support trans people? So it could be things that you can do online. So hashtags that relate to trans people, um, posting pictures of yourself at Pride with your trans Pride flags, um, putting the pronouns into your bio. But it's more than that as well. It's how you can use your, your time and your effort and your energy to support trans people. So it could be something like donating time or money to a trans charity um, and in particular a, an intersectional sort of trans charity. So, you know, for example, um, a charity that supports black trans women or trans sex workers or disabled trans people or something. Um, the people that maybe don't receive the big lots of funding. Um, yeah, so this is something that I think has come up a lot in the Black Lives Matter uh, discussions, that it's not enough to be non-racist, you must actively be anti-racist. And this is definitely something that trans allies can do. So don't just sort of be reactive, be proactive, go out there, nail your colours to the mast, like show your support. Um, and all I think I'll go over to you for the next point about being humble. Yeah, so I think this is one that we probably all need to learn and, and I always have to try and challenge myself. But I think being willing to front up and recognise and understand that maybe you don't have all the answers, uh, that you need to listen and um, not be afraid of getting things wrong in the sense that sometimes people say well I've tried to help trans people but oh I can't seem to get anything right 
that's not humble. That's expecting people to tell you how to be and what to say. And actually, a bit of humility as an ally is really important. And this goes into our next point of being prepared to do the work. So be prepared to educate yourself and listen more, read more, um, watch some documentaries about trans lives. Um, be a different person tomorrow than you than you are today. Learn more. I think a lot of the time with with any kind of allyship, um, people can expect the minority group to educate them. Um, going back to Black Lives Matter, um, some people have kind of expected black people, people of colour, to to tell to tell white people why Black Lives Matter, what is going on, you know, with racism in America, in the UK, in other countries. But actually it's something that we should be educating ourselves on rather than expecting the minority group to in the spoons theory use their spoons to educate us about it so for trans people um yeah read about our lives educate educate yourselves um learn why it's important to use your pronouns um learn why certain terminology we might not like um of course like it's fine to ask us questions but also use your resources and your time to support us too um, being patient. Yeah, and I suppose this comes again from the sort of disability discourse, um, in that it's okay to get things wrong, and you will probably find that different trans people will react in different ways. So what would be a great ally for you, Harry, might not be a great ally for someone else. Absolutely. And linked to humility, try not and let that get to you be patient with it and be patient with yourself you know I, I remember you know people with the best of intentions when I was in a wheelchair would kind of crouch down and talk to you and it's it's very easy for me to say that that's okay because um I I haven't spent a life in a wheelchair mm. I, I spent I don't know probably a year now it wasn't okay at the time I don't think it's okay, but actually people didn't mean it in a horrible way. Mm. But what that person probably could have done is read a bit, been patient and realised that actually this isn't a good thing to do. Yeah. And tried again in a different way rather than straight away almost thinking, oh, I've made a mistake and that's it. Mm. Definitely. And yeah, this kind of leads us to our last point of being intersectional. Uh, so, oh, I think you wanted to go back to your quilt metaphor for this, didn't you? Oh, God, possibly. Um, yeah, well, do you want to say a bit about intersectionality first, anyway? I know we've talked about it a fair bit. Of but... course. Yeah, so intersectionality is basically considering how all of our different um, different facets of our identities as people um, coexist with each other, make certain things easier or more difficult so as an example um my experience as a white middle class uh, trans man might be very different to a black trans woman um, who comes from a lower income background so it's not just about the fact we're trans it's about our gender it's about our um our race our belief our religion for example and 
how can we kind of support all of those different things? So giving an example um, of Pride, for example, last year, Pride, was, it was great to be able to march with you, but I knew that you were going to be in a lot of pain the next day. And actually there'll be some people who wouldn't have been able to march at all for that reason, um, because they just simply would not have the, the energy or the adaptations in place to be able to do that. And actually Pride could have been a lot more intersectional. They could have had seats along the route for people to sit down, um, things like water stands or more accessible toilets that would make make things a lot easier for disabled people who wanted to come on the march. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important when being an ally to consider not just the one thing like being trans or disability rights or Black Lives Matter, but how everything feeds into that. So, you know, if you're if you're if you are a gay club, like can you reduce the stairs that are there? Can you maybe support um LGBT people with neurodiversity who might find the lights and noisy music really difficult? You know, could you have a quieter night for them, for example? Um, so yeah, going back to old metaphor of the patchwork quilt, we've all got those different patches on our own quilts and some of them will be the same as other people's quilts. Um, and yeah, do you want to finish off the metaphor? Did you just come in and steal my metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what I was going to say is exactly that really. And I suppose the intersectionality bit is uh, the seams in between. So the things that hold the quilt together and you can't just have one patch, otherwise mm. it ain't going to be a quilt. Exactly. <laughs> so you need all the threads and all the different quilts, uh, the patchwork quilts, to hold it all together. And I think that is where uh, allyship uh, starts and ends, really, is we all need to be better allies to hold the quilt together. And that's us for this week. In the meantime... Please check us out on our various different social media. We are on Twitter at Cup of Trans and at Cup of Trans on Facebook. Uh, we are also on Instagram now. So if you want to have a look at life behind the scenes, um, check us out at Cup of Tea underscore podcast. And of course, listen to us on Podbean at iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in being on the podcast or if you've got some ideas for us or any questions please drop us an email at cupoftrans at gmail.com <laughs>